talking about superfoods and the future of superfoods. This is something that really you brought to the marketplace, David. I know people now can go into the health food store. They can find goji berries pretty easily. They can find raw cacao powder from many different companies. They can find all sorts of superfoods now because you brought a lot of these products into the marketplace. You brought them uh, to the marketplace via the Internet. You started getting them into stores you know, years and years ago, stuff like, you know, uh, extra virgin raw coconut oil. I mean, this is just, it's just an amazing sort of phenomena that, that we have access to these things so easily because of the pioneering that you put in. What do you see as this future of superfoods? Are there new superfoods out there that we don't know about that we're going to discover? Are there superfoods that you feel that are not getting the attention they deserve? What, what's sort of the future of superfoods? Well, I think that part of the superfood future is getting people to grow these things. That's part of the mystery is getting into growing cacao, getting into growing maca, getting into growing goji berries, getting into growing acai, getting into growing noni, getting into growing aloe vera, and just really figuring it out from that perspective. There's some new kids on the block. Um, I really like moringa. Moringa is an amazing food. It's really a superfood. It's like the most powerful green food in the world, maybe other than coca. I mean, coca and moringa are the top in the world. I mean, if you're going to eat something for nutrition, you talk about alkalinity and nutrients and minerals and vitamins and, and, and omega-3 fatty acids. Um, by the way, coca has omega-3 fatty acids. You can't get that here in North America, by the way. You can get it in Europe, interestingly, and you can get it in uh, South America, of course, when you, whenever you're in Peru or Bolivia. Um, but you cannot get it up here in, in Canada or the United States. But moringa is one of these like super nutrient alkaline green foods that also has a little bit of a zing on it. It's like you get a little bit of a high from it. If you are doing superfood formulas that have moringa in it, you're going to notice that moringa is like potent. I've actually had the experience of growing it, had the experience of eating it fresh. It's a pioneering plant. It's a nitrogen fixer. So it's the pioneer that goes in and takes a deforested area, a damaged area, a bulldozed area, and begins to make it anew. And many very interesting nitrogen fixers in the litany and pharmacopoeia of the world. For example, astragalus is a nitrogen fixer. These nitrogen, and macuna is a nitrogen fixer. These nitrogen fixers are at the very, very top of the list. So moringa as a super green food has definitely made it into the ranks. I'm a, a baobab grower, and by the way, we don't say baobab, we say baobab. And baobab is it's just one of the greatest trees in the world. I mean, there's baobabs in Africa and, and Madagascar that some people in the islands off of South Africa that some people believe are 5,000 years old. Other people believe there's 10,000 years old. Nobody really knows. They were probably sprouted in a time when the ecosystem there was completely different, where, when it was a little bit wetter and more tropical it's kind of dried out now and baobab is probably to me the the most beautiful representation of the bombaceae family of, of trees which includes durian which includes the kapok tree and the um the pachote tree of, of central america and it's it's got the, it's got that almost Hot belly kind of look to its its trunk. That's that's the Bombayche signature. We are growing these in Hawaii, and I just got them from a friend of mine who runs a little botanical like seed company, 
and didn't know what I was getting into when I got into them. But now that they're getting bigger and they're starting to get that that cool little shape, that kind of pot belly shape, I'm really getting excited about it. Now, the edible part of the baobab or baobab is the fruit, and that's the new superfood on the block. It's just over the border of being a complete protein. It's kind of like cashew. It's on the level of like 0 to 200, where 200 is like super high protein. 100 is just barely considered a complete protein, and 0 is no protein. It's like that. It's like 100, just like cashew is. So it is a complete protein. It is super high in calcium, which is it's the right kind of calcium. It's the kind of calcium we want to detoxify our bodies and relax our bodies and make our bodies alkaline. And it's not the kind of calcium that, that calcifies us like the chalk that's used in in push-together supplement pills or used in um, calcium-fortified foods. It's not that. It's also extremely high in vitamin C, and it's got a tang like vitamin C. It tends to go that direction, like that vitamin C, a little bit like lemonade type of direction. But you can also bring it in with cacao. It can also go that direction. And we were doing mega baobab smoothies in Hawaii last year. It was great. We were just powering through that stuff. And, and now you know we've actually got it out there into the world. So that's a big one on the list. And, and baobab is also like extraordinary in things like potassium. It's three times more potassium than bananas. Um, it's, it's like, you know, like a, it's like moringa actually in a lot of ways. In every kind of category, you know, let's say certain minerals, it's like not one time more, two times more, 15 times more. It's, you know, it can be enormously more, for example, in calcium than almost any other fruit except olives. Okay, so let's jump to another big one that's kind of a super herb that's kind of creeping up from, from behind enemy lines. It's kind of coming out from, from nowhere land, and that's Ashitaba, which is a member of the Angelica genus. It's actually like Angelica root, if you recall Dong Kwai in Chinese medicine, or if you're into hunting wild Angelicas in Iceland, that was a, that's a big wild food there. Um, this is like a non-frost tolerant type of angelica. That's kind of its signature. And it, it's from the islands, the southern islands of Japan, highly regarded there. And it's a tonic. It's something you can do all the time, every day. And it just has health-giving qualities. It's, it has immunological qualities. It's good for digestion. It's, it's, it's like a, a, a super herb. You know, it has all the qualities. It's kind of like builds you up. Now, the thing about it, the, the kind of the jing factor that it has, and probably its most unique quality of all, are its growth factors. And that means that it has some something really weird that it does. You can get up in the morning, pull all its leaves off. In one day, it will grow them all back. There's very few things like that. I talked to Ron Teagarden about this, and he was telling me that pretty much there's two plants that he knows of in the world that are like that. One of them is Ashitaba, and the other is Hydrilla. Hydrilla is a weird kind of, it's, it's kind of like a, like, oppositely leaved algae slash seaweed that you used to have in your aquariums when you were a kid. And it would kind of like grow to the top of the aquarium, and it, it was, it would kind of look like, I'm trying to think of the, easy to reference metaphor of what it looked like. I, I think you could probably get the picture of what it is. It was green and it was just a simple organism. And the problem with it is you can't kill it. So when people dump their aquariums into a lake, it would, the hydrilla would take over. 
And that's actually happened near a lake at my, near my house when I was a kid. When I grew up, they had to drain the whole lake because somebody dumped their, dumped their aquarium into the lake and the hydrilla took over and just clogged everything up. So it has that super powerful rejuvenation quality. You cannot kill it. You try to pull it, break it into 10 pieces. It just grows back. It's like, it's like the, it's like, was it the god Horus where he's cut up into a million pieces and then thrown all over the place and then he came, came all back together? That's kind of how hydrilla is. So Ashitaba is, is in that category and hydrilla is in that category. Okay, that's really exciting. And it seems like the future of superfoods is definitely alive and well uh, with some of these up-and-comers. And would you say that the, the future of nutrition also rests with the future of the soil? And one of the reasons why you're really encouraging people to start growing these superfoods, also we have the good fortune of having access to these superfoods, is that they tend to be grown in climates, locations, and countries where the soil is really intact, there's still in a pristine environment, and we're getting we're getting definitely far away from the lettuce and the bananas, and we're getting away from like the conventionally grown blueberries and strawberries that are grown with maybe pesticides, but also just in a soil depleted area. The United States is so, so depleted in its soil in terms of the the minerals and, and and the necessary conditions for growth. Do you find one of the great sort of aspects of superfood nutrition is we're getting access to some really pristine soil and environment. That's the whole basic idea of superfoods and super herbs is that is that they're mineral and nutrient supplements for what we need today. I mean, I it's we might believe we can get it all from food, but I've seen the debris of that idea. People who thought, no, 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 I can get it all from bananas, I can get it all from lettuce, I can get it all from tomatoes, I can get it all from fruit, I can get it all from green leafy vegetables, I can get it all from cucumbers. And and that's left quite a bit of debris behind. And that's why I don't advocate that because actually my experience has taught me you actually can't get all your nutrients from those foods. If you could, I'd be promoting that. I mean, that would be because that's what I used to promote. But I found out you can't, and it causes problems for people. And we always want to land ourselves in that best middle zone that's the best thing for the most people. And when you put superfoods in front of folks, you get to pick. You go, let me try this, let me try that. Then you find out which ones work for you, and you get those unique nutrients that that superfood provides, those unique minerals. For example, the, the types of goji berries that um, Ron Garden puts out, or D-Dow. They're from the original place where goji berries are from. And so that those nutrients in that soil are ideal for growing goji berries, and you're going to get the nutrients in that food, whereas if you, for example, you know, bought conventional wheat you know, at a grocery store in America, you're not going to get any of those minerals, and you got to get them from somewhere. So that's how we, that's how we look at the superfoods and super herbs. They're really in some ways, mineral supplements. Cinnamon, for example, is a great chromium supplement. Cacao is a tremendous magnesium, chromium, iron, manganese, phosphorus, zinc, and copper supplement. It has all those things. And you can't grow cacao in, in mineral-depleted soil. It, will, it, it ain't happening. I've tried. You, it has to be grown in a very, very rich soil medium with the right type of co-plants and cofactors in order for it to go. 